one of the ways that we try to protect our comfort, ease, and time is by taking refuge in the very systems that are keeping those things from us. So we think, if I just work harder, if I'm better with my time, if I was more disciplined, (laughs) right? So we self-flagellate and think, if I could just be better, then I would quote unquote win inside of these systems. And that is a, a fallacy. That is a myth. As you named, no one is winning inside Mm -hmm. of of the program, even those who designed it. We're continuing our conversation with Kelsey Blackwell, and we're going to be talking about the importance of ritual practices, especially for BIPOC bodies. So talk to us about your journey. What What has brought you into this space? What has lifted you and elevated you into this place where you know you now practice and now speak about um, somatic practices and the rituals that go along with that. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a big kind of coming out for me (laughs) because of the ways that I've been shaped by capitalism and success and what is legitimate. (laughs) It's like, I'm already in this field of somatics where it's like, what is that? And then now I'm going to add like spirituality and and ritual on top of that. So there's ways that my internal voice is like, this is too woo woo, you know, like this isn't, this isn't legitimate. And so um, I've had to do a lot of work around um, unhooking from that. And, you know, that, the ritual would come out, but it would kind of come out sideways, like like a little secret, like, and now we're going to do a little ritual. And now I'm in this place of like, oh, this is fundamental in how I practice somatic work, especially somatic work around healing intergenerational trauma. Hmm. It's essential. And part of the reason is kind of what I was speaking to earlier of more history at our back outside of these systems. So we know that as humans, We have always engaged in rituals with practices that connect us to that which is larger than ourselves. Of course. Right? So, and and that's what I'm often pointing to when I'm talking about ritual. It's not that that I'm prescribing any particular entity, but it's what connects you to that which is larger than yourself. Yes, And that could be nature, right? That could be the universe. That could be God. That could be goddess. That can be whatever. What matters is that it's meaningful to you and it helps you feel like you can take refuge in something beyond the systems that we live in. Because what happens, um, especially as we're looking at unhooking from colonization, is that one of the ways that we try to protect our comfort, ease, and time is by taking refuge refuge in the very systems that are keeping those things from us. So we think, if I just work harder, if I'm better with my time, if I was more disciplined, (laughs) right? So we self-flagellate and think, if I could just be better then I would quote unquote win inside of these systems. And that is a a fallacy. That is a myth. As you named, no one is winning inside Mm -hmm. of of the program, even those who designed it. Yeah. Right. Even the white men who designed this program, they aren't winning inside of it. And we can see that pretty clearly when we look at rates of depression and rates of suicide, right? If they were winning, I think those numbers would look differently. Yeah, they would. So, So, okay, if we can't, go to our what we what we've been taught to do 
which is like, I'm going to be a billionaire and then I'll be happy. Right? Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work, yes. then where do we actually, what do we actually turn toward that can help ground and center us? Mm-hmm. What, what can we turn toward that's going to help us make time to feel for the wisdom that lives within us? Mm-hmm. What are we going to be in the listening of uh, for guidance, for reassurance, yeah. for holding us in moments of doubt? Yeah. Right. And so that's cultivating a relationship with the more than human world. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I, I think of weaving in ritual practices in a somatic context. That's beautiful. So the body is not without the mind or the spirit. And however we want to conceptualize, reconceptualize that, is there something special we have to do to then engage on the spiritual or those things that are connect with those things that are bigger than us. Mm -hmm. Is there a special way for us us to approach that, especially as BIPOC people? Yeah. Well, actually I'm leading a course all about this um, very soon. (laughs) Tell us about it. Yeah. So the course is called Re-Member, which uh, is inspired by Resma Medicum's work. And remember, uh, moving at the pace of wholeness. Yeah. And it really is answering that question of, okay, well, how do I bring ritual? How do I bring that into a morning or evening practice? Right. Um, how do I shape that in a way that I feel like I have some guidance, but I'm also attuning to what's culturally relevant yes. and aligned for me? Mm. So in that course, I'm offering some kind of frameworks of like, okay, here's how we can think about designing a morning practice or an evening practice. And then here's how you can be in reflection around what are those pieces that you want to include, right? How do you want to shape this in a way that's meaningful for you? And also to think, uh, this is a, this is, we're moving out of the framework of like, okay, morning practice check to, (laughs) ah, this is something that is organic, that's going to shift and change with the season. And it's also going to shift and change as I grow and mature and I'm in different chapters of my own life. And part of this work, I think the hardest part is making the space to do it (laughs) because our lives are so full. Well, you know, when I wake up every morning, the first two hours, is my two hours for doing exactly that. Now I'm an early riser. So this morning I was up at four something, 4.30, I think it was, but usually it's about 5.30. But from from basically five to seven, those are two hours that I set aside, tune into me, balance whatever beliefs I need to balance, check in with the body, do my prayers, do my meditation, do my affirmations, whatever it is that I need, those two hours are set aside and never looks the same every single morning. But they are set there so that by the time I start my work, say at eight o'clock or even a little bit later, 8.30 or nine, I feel centered. I feel uh, like I can move into my day with power. I feel like I am... you know, just energized and, and filled with joy as I start to communicate with people or just, you know, write something or whatever the case may be. But those two hours, like who else is up at 4.30, you know? So like no one in my family is up. And unless I get on the computer in another time zone, no one else is up. So it's just me. 
right? And so what's to stop me other than if I decided, you know, I'm not going to start rising at the the usual hours, right? So is it hard? Is it hard to to get those hours, you know, in the day for some people? Is is that a really challenging thing? Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, you're such a great example of someone who's really made that a priority and gets up and um, has that time. And it really reminds me of Audre Lorde's essay, Uses of the Erotic, which is like, once we have tasted the fruits of something, we can we we can't give ourselves any less than that. That becomes that becomes essential. Yes. And so that's what this course is hoping to open the door uh, on for folks is uh, once I've tasted what this feels like to give myself this time and I have the support of community yes. to help me uh, get up a little earlier or make the space at the end of my day. Uh, and I, I have seen the benefits of that in my life, then those repetitions of doing that in a, a, a supportive container will help me then to continue to cultivate that on my own, you know, and I am not an early riser. So part of the reason that I've designed this course is because it's what I need. I mean, I often am designing things that I'm like, I could use a little bit more support around my morning practice. We all design the thing that we need. We all create the thing that we need. And then after it helps us, then we can go off and help others with it. So I think that's a that's a powerful part of being in the healing space. Um, so thank you for that. We're almost to the end of our interview. And I like to ask all of my guests a question. The, the question I have for you is, so, you know, what are you building? What is the legacy you want to leave? You know, what I hope I'm building, um, spaces of belonging. Hmm. Uh, folks are able to recognize and bring in more of their pieces. Yes. The parts of ourselves that we've learned to tuck away. Yes. Um, in order to be whatever successful, whatever, whatever, whatever inside yeah. of these systems. And that, that through hearing my, my own journey with that, uh, through the programs that I offer, through the speaking that I do, it opens the door inside of ourselves to reclaim those parts of ourselves that, that um, haven't been heard or, or presenced. Yes. And that in doing that, uh, the more that we are claiming that internal belonging, the more that that is radiating out into our environments and we are able to find ourselves or cultivate spaces of belonging with each other. Wonderful. Wonderful. So my desire for you is complete success. Um, I actually uh, looked at your book, Decolonizing the Body. I started to read it. I still haven't finished it, but I will uh, get to that because I am designing our first introductory to psychotherapy course in our 12-month certificate program. And I thought to myself, well, I think we could use this book in our course. Uh, so I will follow up with you at some point. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yes. Thank you. How we can incorporate that. Uh, the course is designed around storytelling because our healing happens with storytelling, but there's so many ways we tell our stories and the body is one way we tell our story. Uh, of course, in our conversations, we tell our story uh, so many different ways. And so I wish you 
all, all the success. Um, I affirm the work that you are doing. I pray that it expands in all the ways that uh, you have been dreaming about and desiring. I pray that God blesses you in the path that you walk, that the wisdom that is buried in you from the beginning of time, that that is remembered and brought out and used uh, for your good, for the good of all those in your community. Mm. Ashe, thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you for being with us today. We will drop Kelsey's uh, contact information and the information about the course in the description. So just click below wherever you're um, listening to this and you will have her contact details. Reach out. Remember, go and take that course and see how it might uh, help you on your journey. Thank you, Kelsey, for being here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Jim. What a pleasure. Until next time, this is Hey, I'm Listening, and I'm your host, Dr. Joan.